Are you ready for the word this morning? Well, we're, I'm going to end up going to have some sharing in that word here in, in a few minutes. I'm going to open up um, with some scripture here to start with. Going to talk for a little bit, and then I'm going to have Dina Shoemaker come up here and share what the Lord's put on her heart. We've had a couple conversations, and I was like, yes, you have got what I'm planning to preach on this morning, so I would like to hear your version, and I know you will bless this congregation. She's been uh, teaching with Pastor Matthew probably three or four times on Wednesday night and bringing impartation, and it's like, oh, it's been some powerful stuff going on in that Wednesday night class. So good. Uh, We're going to go first. I have some things that I was really preparing for this morning was uh, many, 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 many distractions. We have sick people. Seems like there's been an incredible attack on people, Patty, Patty Hughes, who you always see wandering around here, who knows what's going on everywhere. She went in Friday, Friday late afternoon and with a kidney stone, a kidney issue. Greg's wife, Vanessa, she's at home on antibiotics right now. Yesterday ended up going into either the ER or to you know, the dock in a box or whatever. Kidney issues, like what in the world? Like, let's just pray for both of them right now, for for Patty Hughes and Vanessa Esparza. You ready? All right, let's just join our faith and and our our prayers right now for for we're Patty Hughes first. Father, we're we're so grateful and thankful for all that Patty does and what she brings brings to your kingdom and brings to this church. She's an inspiration to so many, and she is, I just say, a workhorse for you. And I just pray right now that you would touch her. We, we combine our faith right now, and we're saying touch Patty right now. Revive, rejuvenate, and heal completely in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And we bring Vanessa. She's somebody that is teaching often back in, in, in children's ministry, serving back there. And so together we're combining our faith again, bringing Vanessa to you. We, we thank you for Greg and Vanessa. We just thank you for the power couple that they are, for what you've called them to be. Greg's going to be on a microphone a lot more. I know that you're calling him to be preaching the gospel. The man's called to be an evangelist. We speak into that calling, we pray into that, where one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000, that they are a power couple in Jesus' name. And speaking to the other half of that couple, we just pray right now for a physical healing for Vanessa. You would touch her, that you would bless her. Heal her right now in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said together? Amen. 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 Oh, and Donna's mother, Nancy, yes. I heard that she was very much improving. We're turned into a prayer meeting here. (laughs) And this shall be called a house of prayer. Yes, Susie, Susie Telemontes. She, huh? Okay, I th- oh, Benjamin had a motorcycle accident. Old guys just shouldn't be on motorcycles. That's all there is to it. I'm not an old guy, if you're laughing at me. Okay, Benjamin had a motorcycle accident, broke his hip and arm and wrist, and I don't know what all. Uh, everybody knows who Benjamin is? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we bring Benjamin before you right now, Father. We just thank you for Benjamin and, and, man, his consistency, his dedication to your kingdom, to your church. 
We just pray for healing over his body, that all of the fractures, Lord, you would heal him right now. We just thank you for that healing. We just thank you for a divine touch. We say accelerate, accelerate, accelerate. And for, uh, for Nancy, for Donna's mom, Nancy, that struggling with some health issues, Lord Jesus, we, we know that you've already touched her. We know that she was, she was <clears throat> basically right on the edge, right on the edge, and you revived her. You brought her back. And we just say finish, finished work, finished work, complete healing for Nancy right now, completely brought back, revived and restored in Jesus' name. And one, there was one other name. What was a Susie? Yeah, Susie. Yes. <clears throat> Thinking that she probably had a dislocated shoulder this morning, having a difficult time even raising her arm with a great deal of pain. We prayed for her already over the phone. Renee and I and, and Thalia in my office, we were praying for her this morning. Um, so we're going to just bring her together as this congregation right now. Together on Sunday morning, we're combining our faith once again, praying for Susie right now, God, that you would touch, that you would restore, that you would realign. If her shoulder's out of, out of socket, out of joint, whatever the problem is, you're the great physician, you're the great chiropractor, that you would bring it back into alignment, that you would heal her right now in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, <clears throat> I did not hand my scriptures to up there in the sound. Oh, Linda, are you ready? We are in the sixth chapter of Ephesians. Starting with the tenth verse. And we'll read about ten through seventeen, maybe even eighteen. <clears throat> Everybody there? or at least looking up on the screen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Everybody say, His might. His might. Our power is His might. We receive our power through His might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be... <clears throat> that you may be able to stand against, some translations to withstand, the wiles of the devil. Man, we know who we're for. We know who we're for. So we also know who we stand against. Against the wiles of the devil. I looked up that word wiles just to make sure. You know what? Wiles. Devious or cunning stratagems employed in manipulating or persuading someone to do what one wants. Wiles. Devious or cunning stratagems employed in manipulating or persuading someone to do what one wants. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against, together everybody say against, yes. the wiles, the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Just doesn't sound right for him to be in the heavenly places, but we know that there is a realm where the battle takes place. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
the helmet of salvation. I rode my motorcycle up here and preached on this six months ago a little bit, but we're going to end up having, we're going to go a little deeper this time and going to bring a little more revelation to, to these scriptures. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. It's awesome this morning for us to be praying for some of the saints, isn't it? Or we come together, that's what we come to church for. It's to support one another, to encourage one another, build one another up, and see one another healed. Okay, <clears throat> the fiery darts standing against the wiles of the devil. The wiles, again, devious or cunning strategies employed in manipulation. We all got that? Yeah. Okay, we're... <clears throat> okay. Okay, okay, okay. Be clearing their throat for me. <clears throat> I want to turn just briefly to Genesis, then I'm going to be asking Dina to come up here so you can get ready. Within, um, I'm going to go to verse 18 in the second chapter, Linda, and then I'm going to read all the way through the third chapter down through verse 7. <clears throat> and the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Is everybody there with me? Linda must be. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. But I just want, I want to key on this just for a moment right here. <clears throat> It's not God, good for man to be alone. I will make him. So God created a helper for Adam. He also created Adam, correct? Okay, I, I, I've titled this sermon and this message this morning, Reason or Resist? And I, this, this flow of words came to me early, early, early this morning. The Bible, particularly beginning at the Old Testament, where we are right now, is the foundation of creation and prophetic preparation for the coming of Jesus and the revelation of his new covenant with us through the blood of Jesus. The Bible, which is our sword, helmet of salvation, understanding our salvation, and the sword that we operate with, that we come against the wiles of the devil. This Bible, this word, every word of it being truth, inspired by the word of God, is the foundation of creation and the prophetic preparation for the coming of Jesus and the revelation of his new covenant with us through the blood of Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I really like that when I saw that down there. It's like, yo, this is good. This is good. Okay, we're, we're <clears throat> excuse me, moving from, moving to verse 20. Whatever Adam called each living creature was its name. So Adam gave names to the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So he didn't match up. There was nothing that could help him. Even a dog wasn't going to be good enough for a helper. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of Adam's ribs, closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman. Created he them, man and 
So he created man and Oh, that seems fairly gender-specific, doesn't it? <laughs> Foundationally speaking here, we'll build a little foundation here. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from him, he made into woman, and brought her to the made woman and brought her to the man, a suitable mate to be a helpmate to man, and man a suitable mate to be the helpmate to woman. He created the pair, man and woman. Everybody here agrees on that? Created by God. Foundational belief. Foundation of creation. Prophetic preparation for the coming of Jesus. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Pretty amazing that they had the perfect temperature control. There was no stickers in the ground. You could just run around naked without stepping on a goat head. Can you imagine that? Now, I have a daughter and a soon-to-be son-in-law. I'm not talking about the naked stuff. I'm talking about goat heads. They have a lot of goat heads around their house. I don't want to talk about that. Others, let's... No. (laughs) You know, that's... (laughs) I'll be turning myself red here now. Um... So awesome, I would just have to throw this in here, so awesome that that my daughter, who has waited now, she just had a birthday, turned 28 years old, has patiently waited for God to bring the right man into her life. And when people ask me, it's like, yeah, you're going to be losing your baby, aren't you? And I said, praise God that the right man... No... No, no, no. Praise God that the right man has come along, that I'm proud and excited to be handing my daughter over, not losing her. I'm giving her. And I'm I'm very, very, very excited for this. Um, And I'm really hoping that he's going to live really close, that they're going to live really close by, at least for a while, that he's good with a weed eater and a lawnmower. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. It doesn't say anything about daughters having to leave. So they're going to be next door neighbors. (laughs) Okay, get serious again, Lynn. Get serious again. Um, No, I'm very, very, very blessed and excited that for Ryan it's the same thing. Neither of those two kids, 27 and 28 years old, neither of them really dated very much. They both were patiently waiting on the Lord to bring the right one into their lives. And that's just an incredible example for us today, for, for, for youth of today. It's like, now we move into chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? I want to stop right there for a little bit. Where do you suppose that Eve ran into the serpent? Out around the edge? Uh, under an apricot tree. It's like, this is something that I was really thinking about. It's like, hmm. 
And the woman said to the serpent, Oh, we can eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. It's just the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden that God has said, You shall not eat from this or you'll surely die. And I just want to submit to you for your thought right here that I believe, this is, yeah, I believe that Eve was standing around looking at the, that tree Though she was standing there kind of pondering, looking at that tree, and the devil being more cunning, up to his wiles, it's like, I see that. I've caught her at a very vulnerable point because she's standing there looking at this, tempted by what she sees, and I'm going to jump on that opportunity. Does this make sense? We're just thinking, he sees her at a vulnerable place looking at a temptation and saying, yeah, look but don't touch, look but don't touch. I'll say be careful what you look at because the enemy's paying attention to what you're focusing on, what you're looking at, what you're thinking about when you're looking at that. And he's going to jump on that opportunity to then begin to reason with you. Which is just what he started doing to Eve because he caught her at the wrong time where she was pondering, considering, looking at, I believe. Now, the, otherwise, what, why would she follow him if she was at the outskirts of the garden, if she was at a different tree? Would he have led her over? Would she have even followed? Now, I believe, when I was reading this early, early this morning, again, with, uh, that it was just like, oh, that makes sense. See, that's why it's so really, really, really important that we have on the full armor of God and that we're guarding what our thoughts are, what our eyes are seeing, because there's an enemy that's watching us looking for the opportunity to catch us looking at or dabbling with so he can seize that opportunity and say, well, let's reason here for a little bit. Let's just think about this. Now, are you sure God really said that? Are you with me here? It's like, oh, oh, oh. Because we can begin to look at and think about something using our intellect, using our emotions, our thoughts and feelings, which indeed will lie to you. And if you get caught in that and the enemy begins to reason with you, well, they're doing it. Why not? Is that really going to be a big problem? Yes, when our relationship with our Heavenly Father is really strong and our focus and our eyes are on Him, our yes to Him is a consistent yes to Him, and we go around with an attitude of worship and an attitude of gratitude, then we're not going to get caught in a situation like that where we're tempted because our yes to him is strong enough, powerful enough, that our no to the enemy is easy. That we won't start that reasoning process with him, which can just lead us down the wrong path. Can I get two more? Yeah. <laughs> We've got to put on the full armor of God to stand against the wiles of the devil and recognize, again, if we, an attitude of gratitude. If, 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 if my wife and I, Greg was talking about, about family and about marriage, if, if I start to get frustrated with my wife and begin to think, well, maybe, and start to listen to the voice of the enemy because, well, she 
does do this sometimes, and uh, not my wife, but if <laughs> I'm talking to some of you. <laughs> if I'll start focusing on the negative, and the enemy will see me focusing on the negative, he'll say, look at this tree over here. Does, isn't this appealing? Don't you think that you might want to try that? Okay. You got it, right? We need to be focusing on blessing. We need to be focusing on the goodness of God and all that he's given us and all that he's done for us, including sending his son to die for all of our sins that we get to walk in complete freedom and forgiveness. Dina, I think this is a great time for you to come and unpack some more about the armor. Let's welcome Dina Shoemaker. A valley welcome, a valley welcome, a valley welcome. Ah, thank you. So... Genesis 3.3, as he was talking. Is that, can you put that back up there? I was, will you look at what, what the devil said? <clears throat> God said you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Hmm. So let me just pull up Genesis 3 real quick. Do you all have your Bibles? Did he, The serpent said, did God actually say, you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? So obviously we have an enemy who talks to us. And... Thankfully, we have a God who talks to us. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So the truth is, you can only hear three things in your head. You can either hear your own thought, or you can hear the enemy, or you can hear God, right? So because of that, we have to be very alert, and we have to learn to discern what is the voice of God. Yesterday, I was at a meeting where, um, oh, I was just speaking to a woman, and uh, she picked up a word that I said, and she started to begin to think that was the problem with her husband. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, don't take that. That's not, a, that's, that's not a prophetic issue. Don't take that and don't run with that. That's the enemy grabbing that and letting you attach it to what you feel about your husband. Instead, this is what I want you to think instead. I want you to think about all of the good things that your husband is and all of the good things that your husband has done. Because the enemy would love to have you think on all of the negative things that your spouse or your friend, he would love to have you camp in that, right? So what we need to do is we need to camp on what God wants us to think about. So in order to do that, I learned a really valuable lesson about putting on the armor of God. When I was at ministry school, um, every day I would walk by the bookstore on break or, you know, on the way to get the coffee or whatever, and every day that I would walk by there, I, um, the bookstore manager, um, oftentimes, or sometimes I'd go into the bookstore there, and uh, the bookstore manager would reach out his hand and when he would touch me, the presence of God would hit me. And I would literally sink in the weighty presence of the Lord in front of the bookstore cash, cash register stand. I would like, fall to the ground. And after, you know, several months of him doing this, I said to Phil, I said, Phil, how is it that you have the ability to share the presence of God just by reaching out and grabbing hold of my hand? Because... Whenever I see that somebody else has an anointing that I don't have, I just want to, 
I want to ask God, how do I get that? Because I know that God wants me to be, he wants me to be a person that um, is able to share the gospel. And in order to do that, I ask God for every anointing that I see. Um, and so I, I, I knew that Phil had this ability uh, to bring the presence of God. And so first I asked Phil before I asked God, I said, how is it that you have the ability to do that? And Phil said, um, well, I just fill up every morning. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So the, I, I have a plan now. So the next morning I was like, God, Holy Spirit, come. I need you to fill me up the way you fill Phil. And, <laughs> and I started to pray that prayer. And when I asked for that, I heard him say no. I was like, what? He doesn't usually say no to me. He said, no, not until you put on the armor of God. I was, oh, it's that important. Like, I had read those scriptures. I had prayed through that before. I thought it was done. <laughs> well, it turns out because I needed to be filled every day in order to be able to release the presence of God the way that Phil released the presence of God, that I also needed, he was teaching me that I also needed to put on the armor of God every day. And I have found that actually putting on the armor of God is really effective even multiple times a day. I need to do it. And if I start to have dreams that are not positive, then do you know what I do? Oh, you know what I do? <laughs> I put on the armor of God before I go to sleep. Right before I go to sleep, I pray through the armor of God. So when I started praying through the armor of God, I started asking God, what does each one of these pieces mean? Because I didn't really understand what it meant at the time. So as I began to pray through the armor, the Lord said, first, put on the helmet of salvation. Because the helmet of salvation is the number one thing we need in order to keep the enemy away from us. Because the number one battleground that we have is in our own mind. So it works really good the way he taught me to put it on because I start at the top of my head with each piece of armor and I pray on each one of these pieces. And as I pray them on, I pray them on actually in the name of Jesus Christ because I see it as a battle prayer against the enemy. So if we first put on the helmet or the, the helmet of salvation, um, I would suggest that you guys do this, and you ask the Holy Spirit, what do these pieces mean? And as he begins to reveal it to you more, um, then you'll, you'll understand. You'll, you'll understand as you're putting it on what, he, what you're doing. Um, but let me tell you what I heard him say. When, he said, when you put on the helmet of salvation, he said, uh, you are, are putting on the thoughts, the mind, and the emotions of Christ. The thoughts, the mind, and the emotions of Christ. And so, if I have a thought that comes to my head that doesn't, it's a negative thought, um, then I can, uh, I can say no in the name of Jesus Christ. I have, I have, um, I have a covering over my head. I have a covering. Do you see, you see what I mean? Like, I think about it as like a duck. When, when, the, when the rain hits the back of a duck in a rainstorm, it just rolls off the back of it, right? So if you've already prayed on the armor of God, then when a thought, um, when a negative situation comes, then that water will just roll off the back, and it doesn't soak into you. And I started to notice that as I'm doing this, as I'm praying on the armor of God this way, that I began to change. Oh, yeah, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I began to change, and I began to not even think like that anymore. Like, I didn't even attach to those thoughts anymore. I didn't even, uh, the, the thoughts didn't grow and get, get as big as they, as they used to be. Do you see what I mean? No. Because I'm covered no. in the helmet of salvation. So, um, Secondly, he said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so I began to see that. He gave me a picture of that in my mind's eye of the old tunic style armor that I'd seen in castles that are, they're like chain links all hooked together. And your entire body is covered with um, like a tunic made out of metal. And it, and it drops down below the hip. 
And so as I began to pray on the breastplate of righteousness, do you want me to go into the whole armor? Well, I'd just like to interrupt just for a second. I really feel like part of the helmet of salvation, which I had, is a complete understanding that we are saved, and it's receiving that, believing that, the part of our belief system that I have been forgiven, I am worthy, He has forgiven me, and I have accepted that forgiveness and forgiven myself. So that's what I believe, all of that is part of that helmet of salvation, and Yes. And before we're done, when we get to the very end here, I'd like, I'll be asking you to end up leading us all in how you do that, the prayer, as, oh, you, yeah, as you dress in the, in the yes. full armor. Yeah, I would just um, like to stop for just a second and ask the Holy Spirit to come into the room <laughs> with the revelation of this truth to each one of you. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you come and you provide everything that they need right now? I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just fall. Oh, how we need you. Oh, Jesus, how we need your salvation. Your helmet of salvation. Thank you, Lord. So... Yeah, I'm hearing that some of you right now are being set free uh, from, from fear and anxiety. You're going to feel the Holy Spirit drop in, and you're going to be changed from this moment on. Because you cannot be sitting in fear and anxiety if you are covered with the helmet of salvation. Yes, amen. Yeah. So secondly, he said to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as I, I put on the breastplate of righteousness, I asked the Lord what that meant. And he said, he said, we are covered in the righteousness of Christ. The very same righteousness that Christ has, we are covered in. Therefore, the enemy has no right to attack anything that is vital. Like if you think about that piece of armor going from the neck all the way down to the hip, that's covering all of the vital organs of your body. And so the, when we are covered in the righteousness of Christ, we are covered spiritually in the spiritual realm um, from anything that the enemy would like to bring against us because we are covered in his righteousness. Do you, do you see why? Because no longer does the enemy have a legal right over us. He has no legal right. He, he can't stand in the spiritual courtroom and say, no, I'm going to take this out on them. He has no right because we stand in the righteousness of Christ. And oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> when, I, when I started to, uh, to pray that on, that piece on, I began to, oh, you know, the time when I would get frustrated with my husband and I just gritting my teeth. Suddenly, I I wasn't frustrated and gritting my teeth as much anymore, because I was I, I found out that if I if I if I were to let some of that stuff out of my mouth that I thought <laughs> that then I would be I would separate myself from hearing his voice, and I couldn't stand to be without hearing his voice clearly. I would notice that if I did, if I let some of that stuff out of my mouth, then I literally would not hear as clearly anymore. And I was in pain to be removed from the communion I was filling with the Lord. And so I began, no, in the name of Jesus Christ, I am covered in the righteousness of Christ. Therefore, I will act righteously. Therefore, these words will not come out of my mouth. And um, whew, yeah, all of a sudden, the fruits of the Spirit started happening. There's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I just want to add one more thing. That's yeah. what I was raising my hand for. Oh. So I have one more, one oh. more thing. Okay. Can I take it? Yeah. Okay. The one more thing that I think is critically important in us having that breastplate of of righteousness and walking in that righteousness is forgiveness. It's like it's something that will leave the enemy. We can end up, a, a chink in our armor is unforgiveness, where we think that everything is taken care of and everything is covered, but we hold any, any tiny root of bitterness will spring up and defile many. So it's critically important 
forgiveness. So you, you probably need to forgive Craig right now. No. I've, I've done it. I've done no. it a few times. No. Now I'm, I'm being silly right there, but we do have to, it's like, what's my heart position here? Am I clear? I have clean hands and a pure heart. There is not somebody that I'm holding any resentment or bitterness towards if I'm going to be putting on the full armor of righteousness right here. So. Yeah, yeah. So good. I've never team taught before. This is excellent. Thank you. <laughs> and so um, after putting on the breastplate of righteousness, then we are to put on the belt of truth. So the belt of truth goes around and sits on the hip. This is the picture that he gave me. And as we belt that on, we tie, uh, you know, connect that belt loop and put that on. We are girded up, he said, and we are held up in his truth. And so then we begin to actually exercise um, against the enemy uh, the strength that we need because we are sitting in his truth. We're sitting in all of his truths. And the more you read the word of God, the more you'll learn about all of his truths. And if you're not a reader, then there's a whole lot of audio ways nowadays that you can get the word of God and you can get teaching on this. So we are girded up in his truth. We are held together. We are made strong in the truth. And that holds our armor in place. And next, um, we are to put on the uh, shoes of peace. Um, and when I asked the Holy Spirit what that meant, he said, it means you're going to stand, you're going to stand in my peace. You're going to, you're going to be held steadfast in my peace. The enemy is not going to be able to come and say, no, you didn't do that good enough, or you didn't, or, or you were so, you shouldn't have said that. You know, the enemy is not going to become, going to be able to come and throw all kinds of things at you because you are standing in my peace. And then wherever you go, you're going to be able to take that peace with you. Yeah. So when you go other places, you actually release the peace of God. You literally, you become an atmosphere shifter or changer because you release the presence of God wherever you go. How beautiful is that, right? So then... Uh, the next, he said, is to put on the uh, shield of faith. And when we put on the shield of faith, I just see it as like this. It's a big covering that sort of comes on, almost like one of those Transformer movies. And all of a sudden, the covering, I'm completely covered in the shield of faith. And what that does is that extinguishes the arrows of the enemy. So that means that all those little, all those things that he keeps trying to lie to me about, he keeps trying to speak to us about, all those things, are the second they hit my shield of faith, they just fall off and go. Yeah. So, and then uh, we take up and put on the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit, he said, is the Word of God. He is both the Word of God, and this is an expression of him. He is the Word of God, and this is, a, this is the prophecy of him, and this is the story of him. And so it's both he and the Word. And so as we put that on, then that sword goes out ahead of us. He said, I go out ahead of you, and I fight your battles for you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you what, putting on the armor of God is a life changing way to live. And I'm motivated to do it because I want to be completely filled every day like Phil was. <laughs> and so if, if the, since the Holy Spirit told me I could not be filled up like Phil was until I put on the harm, armor of God, it started motivating me to put on the armor of God every day. So I, when I very first started to do this, I would pray through the armor of God. And then when I would get done, I would immediately hear the Holy Spirit say, now fill up. <laughs> and so I would pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me up with everything that I needed for that day and everything I needed for the coming days. And awesome. uh, yeah, because I'm a feeler, I would definitely know that he was filling me up. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stand up and pray the prayer for the Putting arm, if you're, yeah. Yeah. Unless you had. So, 
how about we pray together the putting on of the armor of God and then um, and then you'll you can that way it's kind of like practicing it right you'll get to hear the way I pray it on I'll pray it you guys pray it with me and listen to the Holy Spirit he may tell you a few more things about each one of these pieces of the armor maybe he maybe there's a piece of the armor that you need more than someone else needs and he's going to tell you right now he's going to speak to you because we have a God who speaks. Thank yes. goodness. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes. So let's stand together. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. Mm. We thank you for everything that you have provided for us. And we thank you, Lord, that you provided so much for us in the spiritual realm to be able to fight our battles. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we just come right now today to put on your armor. Yes. Yes. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we put on the helmet of salvation. And we thank you, Jesus, that that gives us mm, your thoughts, your mind, and your emotions. We thank you that we have the thoughts and mind and emotions of Christ. I'll just thank encourage you. everyone right now to even put on, put on your helmet, put on your helmet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If he's not giving you a picture, you know, he's giving you a sanctified imagination and you could just see yourself putting that helmet on as you're praying that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you that it means that we are, our heads are covered and protected. Our minds, our thoughts and emotions are covered and protected. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that as a result of that, we will be more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Thank you, Jesus. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we just put on that uh, breastplate of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, that we stand in your righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, that we have your righteousness, Lord, and that we are not left alone to live this life. Mm. Thank you that because you are with us, that we have your righteousness, and we will make choices that are righteous. We will be your righteous, white, beautiful bride. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We will be spotless. Thank you that you make us spotless. Thank you that our identity is spotless, white, and pure. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we put on the belt of truth. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you are truth. We thank you that your word is truth. And as we put on that belt, we remember, Lord, that we are girded up and we are held strong in your truth. We don't have to wonder what's right and wrong. We know, Lord, we know that we stand in your truth and we stand in you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we thank you, Lord, that you have made us new creations. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are one with you. We are one with you in truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we put on the, in the name of Jesus Christ, we put on the shoes of peace. <laughs> oh, Lord, we thank you for the shoes of peace. And we thank you, Lord, that we stand in your peace. Nothing can come against us because we are standing in your peace. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you so much that everywhere we go, we're going to take your peace with us. We're going <laughs> to disseminate it. <laughs> peace will go everywhere we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We'll bring peace to every situation, every conversation. We'll bring peace to other people's lives, Lord, as we release all that you've put on us. Thank you, Lord. Mm. 
and in the name of Jesus Christ, we put on the shield of faith. Oh, Lord, we stand in your faith fully and completely covered, every bit of us covered. We thank you, Lord, that we are covered in your faith, the faith of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Nothing can come against us. We declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we pick up and put on the sword of the Spirit. And we thank you, Jesus, that you go out ahead of us and that you fight our battles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You've made us a spotless white bride who could stand before you, Lord, and can stand against the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I just release life and peace over minds right now. And I just say that all anxiety must be broken now in the name of Jesus Christ. All fear that the enemy has tried to throw at us, it it falls off and breaks off right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I just sever every root of fear, every root of anxiety, and I say it must go now. And I thank you, Jesus, that fully armored up, that we can stand, Lord, in confidence that we are yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I guess we must be finished because I keep hearing him say, there you go. There you go. There you go.